It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, Primers, and welcome to this, our annual San Diego Comic-Con coverage episode of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And we have a lot to talk about. It was... uh, You can say that. (laughs) it, It was a challenge yesterday, or Saturday, rather, depending on when you're listening to this, to that, uh, to keep up with everything. Uh, and, and we were, I mean, we literally, I don't know about how things were on, on your end, Rob, but I mean, there were literally points where I had like four or five different websites open, constantly refreshing to keep up with everything so that we could post it when it was fresh and it was new. Oh, yeah, very much so. Uh, earlier in the day when we were trying to at least put the trailers up as early as we could, I, I did have some stuff to do between our our little DC primetime excursion out into the field. Um, and then by the time we got back, just trying to keep stuff refreshing as long as I could before having to prep for something in the evening. But yeah, it was a uh, man. Things were coming quick. Things were coming really quick. And I think we did a damn good job of getting everything up there. Thank you so much for taking care of the TV side of the world uh, last night. So, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we, we definitely got an opportunity to, get just about every news story posted humanly possible. Well, I so. think th- there might have been a couple things that we missed here and there, but uh, everything that happened that was of major importance, we made sure uh, we brought it to you guys. And that's what we what we wanted to do. That's what we've done for the past couple of years. And hey, man, we enjoy seeing these stories just as much as you guys do. So that's one of the reasons why we're watching it. And it was so nice because without Marvel at San Diego Comic-Con there this year, it was a good break today. Because I don't think the only two th- major things that happened at San Diego Comic-Con today were Riverdale and um, Supernatural. Yeah, yes, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't really care that much about either one of them anymore. So, ah, Yeah, well, like I said, I will say Supernatural, whatever. Uh, Riverdale, I am still full force into an enjo- yeah, like in enjoying that show. So, Yeah. Supernatural's on like season like 57, cool. so... Yeah, it's season 14. That, that usually just means it's time to stop making the show, please. I think they're going so. for like, I think like three, like 200 or 300 episodes, something like that. It's and it's a crazy goal to go for. But, you know, whatever, whatever they want to do. I know people that still watch it religiously. I just got tired of it around like season 12. I, I, I was like, OK, I, I've had enough of this. You're a better man than I. I, uh, I, I was <laughs> sick of the show by season seven or eight. So, yeah, uh, first five seasons. Amazing. Everything after that. Eh. Yeah, so. Exactly. Uh, so a lot of stuff to get to you, mainly on the TV side that we're going to talk about. But of course, we do have th- uh, two 
really big movie trailers that debuted this uh, this year at San Diego Comic-Con that we're going to talk about. And, of course, we're going to start things off with a movie review. Uh, for those of you that did not get the chance to see our review uh, or to get to see our post on the Facebook page, Rob and I, had, as he mentioned, our little uh, excursion out in the field last night. Rob and I had the opportunity to go see an advanced screening of Teen Titans Go to the Movies. And... I, we were both looking forward to it, and I personally didn't know what to expect because I have never seen the show until that morning. I, I watched like two episodes that morning before we went to go see the movie, and I didn't know what to expect because I was really going on basically just the trailer. And I watched the two episodes, and I'll be completely honest with you. I don't even think I mentioned this to you yesterday. Uh, there were some like chuckle moments in the episodes. But I was, I, well, by the time I was done watching those two episodes, I said, wow, this is really just for kids. There's nothing really catered to adults in this show. And that was a big fear of mine going in to see the movie. Uh, man, oh man, was that fear quelched. <laughs> yeah. After seeing the movie. But before we go into any details, we're going to try to keep it spoiler free. We might mention one or two things I, i'm not sure we're going to try and keep it as spoiler free as possible but let's give it a rating like we usually do and this is going to be kind of difficult because i know where we're both going with it uh but scale of one to ten one to three being sidekick four to seven being hero eight to ten being legend rob i will let you give it the honor because i'm sure i'm going to share it with you what is our rating for teen titans go to the movies legend with a whopping oh, let's turn it up to 11 yes. so uh <laughs> yeah and i will I, I real quick completely unrelated to any of this discussion uh this is actually a message for you and the fans just in case if there's some audio issues uh we have a big storm that's rolling through my area right now and i had a couple flickers a second ago so oh. i do apologize if i lose you guys at some point in time of this uh, but we'll we'll try to tear through this as quickly as we can and hopefully avoid that problem. So that, my uh, friend, no. is what editing is for. It is, <laughs> but it's. Uh, I didn't feel like typing the message to you. That's so fine. I'm lazy. <laughs> so yeah, that. Is uh, fine. But yeah, no, I would definitely, definitely, absolutely state that I really think this is uh, this was well worth uh, that that legend and an eleven. So. Very yeah, much so. I'm I, I'm I'm right there with you. This is uh, this is getting the uh, an eleven treatment as well. I think we put it on the Facebook page yesterday that if Batman Brave and the Bold meets Spider Man or yeah Spider Man meets Scooby Doo got a ten, this deserves an eleven and rightfully so. This is not just for kids. It's obviously catered for kids. It's it's a kids movie. But there are so many references in the movie for the adults and even more deep cut references for true blue DC fans. Yeah, um, I, like I said, you know, I, I will bring up a group of characters that come in. I will not state the reason and what they do with them. <laughs> but like to give you an idea, the challengers of the unknown play a fairly consistent role in this movie. Um, and that's a group of characters that it's amazing to state make a large appearance in this movie is especially the challengers of the unknown so that's pretty kind of amusing but um there's a lot of that in this this, this whole film uh, and like i said it, it does stay very true to teen titans go um as as a show 
uh, as a person that has watched uh, a, a sizable chunk of it, I, I can definitely state the feel and tone of the TV show is very much fully here where it's this insanity from start to finish everywhere, which is perfectly great and perfectly fine. Uh, and it works uh, to kind of be those great setups and jokes for kids, uh, but still being able to play to adults. And while they do all of that, there's some amazing things that happen in this where you can tell even in the theater that we saw this film with, with a whole bunch of kids and their parents that there was moments where the kids and parents were laughing together. And then there was moments where the kids were silent and you heard all of the parents yes. just laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, there, there are moments in there in this that feel like a 1980s Lisa Frank acid trip too, um, in, in wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ways. And I think one of the other big stars of this movie is uh, some of the songs. Some of the songs really shine in this and are quite wonderful and stupid and just joyfully just dumb. And I, I I'm excited to go back to see this. Movie I am again. too. I really am. And I think it opens next weekend. It does. It does. Okay. Um, I do. I, I mean, I have. I still have Movie Pass for now, um, and I can tell you right now, it's getting some use to go back and see Teen Titans Go because it's. It, I, I've I laughed so much during this movie. There are references to other films outside of the DC universe. One in particular that I think you looked over at me the moment like the reference came up to see my reaction, uh, because I turn into a little kid anytime this movie is referenced in any way shape or form whether it be this movie or ready player one that might give it away but um although there's so many rep movies referenced in ready player one that might not give it away at all uh but i mean even going into even further there is a cameo appearance that makes it a, th this cameo appearance makes multiple appearances throughout this film and it is a cameo I, all I can say without giving anything more away is it is a cameo you would never expect in a DC film. Yeah, and that that is been listed out there on some of our news source sites already. OK, if you can try to if you plan on seeing this movie, do what you can to avoid anything about it and just go see it uh, because it's so much better not knowing that that cropped up because it's, it's uh, one because what it, it does it, happen it's it's quite amazing yeah because it's it's one thing to draw that character into a movie but it's something completely different when that person is actually voicing that character yeah and it makes it that much better and it's just uh, it, it just made me smile so much because <laughs> um, i remember when we saw it i think like you and i leaned into each other and because we heard the voice and we're like holy shit that's really them <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they, they do a great job. And I got to say, too, um, the other, you know, Justice League, you know, voice voice actors that they chose for this were quite fun and worked in incredible ways. Uh, it was kind of amusing having Nicolas Cage finally get a chance to play Superman. And it, it, it worked here. It actually really much very much worked. So very surprised to see how well some of this stuff played out. And uh it was great to see the original cast of the Teen Titans uh, TV show uh, and be the you know the same voice actors that also re-portray those characters and go all being here and not none of them being recast and um, it was it was wonderful seeing those people the, you know those actors and voice actors names up in the big screen as the heads of this movie it it wasn't like hey, here's some really big, huge, top-tier actor that's coming in. The only person we really get that gets that billing is Will Arnett, who came in to play um, you know, Slade, uh, Slade Wilson in this. Slade. Which was, uh, 
Slade. You'll understand when you see the movie. Um, but, you know, he was also the executive producer and one of the people that helped make sure this movie came to be. And uh, he did a great job here. Really, really funny, uh, funny version. You know, Will Arnett's a great comedic actor to begin with. Uh, so I was really happy to see uh, him portray this character here. It would have been great to see Ron Perlman come back to do this version like he did originally in Teen Titans with this group of voice actors. But uh, again, it worked just as well with uh, with uh, Will Arnett here. So yeah. very happy. Uh, the only other thing I can say, too, before we wrap things up and start moving into Comic-Con discussion is, just like any comic book movie, stay to the end of the credits. There is one mid-credit scene that I know you were, like, bonkers about. Uh, and then the one at the end is basically just another joke that you is worth staying to the end for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I will say this, too. If you've seen the trailers and you're like, oh, hey, yeah. Here's this joke from the trailer that I've already seen. Ha ha ha. A lot of the jokes that they drop in that trailer are setups to more jokes. They're not the punchline, which is really it was brilliantly done because when it happened, I'm like, OK, I know what's about to come. And they're like, oh, that's part one of part three of this joke. And it worked over and over and over again every time it came up. Yeah. Um, but some great uses of classic things like the classic John Williams and Danny Elfman themes are used in this in a really fun, stupid ways that make you laugh um, with a, an obscenely ridiculous plot uh, that worked, <laughs> worked through and through from start to finish. Uh, I got to say, man, it was it was such a wonderfully fun movie and easily the first I would say three fourths of the movie. There was a joke. It felt like every two or three minutes and you were laughing out loud at every one of them. And when the movie wasn't a joke fest, it was still a really good movie. It was yeah. a really good, fun, fun animated film. And it, it, I really don't feel like there was any weaknesses in this movie whatsoever. I can tell you and our listeners might not really get the reference, but there's one moment in particular in the movie that it still sticks out in my mind. And it's basically a distraction phone call to Superman and what they say to get him to leave. It still. Uh, do you remember it? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that that was one of my favorite like and it, and it's an adult reference. It's not one that kids like any kid that got that. I pride their parents. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, again, there is deep cut after deep cut and referencing things back from the 70s to, to modern day. Um, and I'm talking about pop culturally, yeah. not just DC comics wise, DC comics wise. This goes back way, way back. Um, so if you're a DC fan without question, you owe it to yourself to go to see this movie. I really will state that if you don't laugh, there's probably something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say at right now this, this movie, like, I just, I sit there when I'm like in a room by myself thinking about this movie and I'll still laugh out loud thinking about jokes that I just saw. Uh, because a lot of them were just really that good. When so. I when I got home from the movie and we were waiting for all everything for Comic Con to kind of pop start popping up and filtering up and everything, I went back and I rewatched the trailer for the movie, and it just made me envious of myself that I had already seen it, and ju and like bummed that I have to wait a week before I can go see it again. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I, I will say. Um, after watching this again, I actually rewatched most of season one already. And I'm thinking about 
picking up season two and three on on Amazon to be able to continue watching T Titans go because it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, you know, you and I both have all of the original Teen Titans series with uh, with all these same actors. And I'm probably going to tear through all of that now as well. So uh, because it's been a very long time to watch that in full. And um, this really, really reinvigorated my my want to continue watching this again. So, so I, quick question. Now that you, you brought that up, you mentioned the original Teen Titans and then we have Teen Titans Go!, is it the same voice actors for both series? Yes, it is. Really? Um, okay, that I did not know. Of the same ones, and they actually even in Teen Titans Go, I think it's in season one. Uh, they actually redub the the voice actors redub an episode from the original series, which is hysterical. Uh, so it is, it is, uh, this, the character designs that exist from Teen Titans Go are basically super deformed, uh, versions of the versions that were made for the original show. So it's, you know, it's all the same voice actors. Nothing has changed except the, the over-exaggerated versions that we see of the characters. So, and they're actually fighting bad guys versus being goofs constantly so they're goofy as hell but it's it's it gets a lot more serious so teen titans is a little bit more serious than teen titans go but it's the same oh it's it's a it's a lot more serious okay like okay so now with that being said um there's a particular thing that happens in the movie that now makes a whole hell of a lot more sense to me yes it does okay um so that's that's uh without saying too much more yeah uh yes so um it's it's good to have a knowledge of the original t titan series if you do uh and if you do you'll be pleasantly surprised and so. now i i have an a, an amazing urge to go back and to not go back to go and watch the original teen titans because i haven't watched it yet and again ron perlman plays slade wilson in the original series and does an amazing amazing job and i choke and that show, no lie, it gets dark. It gets very dark. I was uh, I was a big fan of all the voice casting. Again, never having seen Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go. I'm, I'm a big fan of Carrie Payton. So Carrie Payton as Cyborg, I was in in the Teen Titans Go to the movies. I was a big fan of. But now knowing that, and I and obviously Tara Strong too, who's done a ton of stuff um, in the animated world. But now knowing that he is the voice of Cyborg and Tara Strong and it's the original cast, uh, I might actually, no lie, might even start it tonight. Uh, I will highly recommend it. And I I will tell you, there's plenty of levity and same kind of humor that does appear in Teen Titans Go, uh, but it's all intercut to usually serious storylines. So so they actually go into SD forms in the classic show, uh, but it's, again... uh, it's built upon serious plot lines. So it's, it's, it works very well. So a reactionary shot, you'll see them kind of turn into the Teen Titans go versions of those characters. And then they pop back to looking like normal characters. Okay. Very, it's very anime inspired, um, uh, very anime inspired, but again, they tackle some major, major classic DC, uh, Titan storylines. Uh, they, one of the seasons is fully adapting the Judas contract. They do a really great job in this show. Um, they bring in the Doom Patrol, who we'll see later in DC, uh, the DC Universe streaming service, uh, and you know uh, Beast Boy's connection to the Doom Patrol, and all these things are fully kind of looked at. But yeah, they uh, they do a lot, and if you watch that show and then go back and watch Teen Titans Go, 
you'll pick up on a couple characters that made some cameos as well in that movie that we're referencing back to that original show okay. along with those uh those character designs so gotcha um i know uh ju- t- jumping back into stuff with uh, with comic-con because now that we're bottom line is basically if you have the opportunity to go see this movie go see it easily go see this movie um Especially if you have kids, because it's something great to do with your kids at the same time that you will enjoy as well. Um, but I know Greg Sipes, who does the voice of Beast Boy, actually uh, appeared at Comic-Con in a Beast Boy costume. Yes, <laughs> which I, thought, I did see those photos. I yeah. thought that was wonderful. It's a it's it's not a good Beast Boy costume, but it's a Beast Boy costume. Nonetheless, it looks <laughs> yeah. like something he threw together himself. Absolutely. Uh, Rather than have somebody do it for him. But, you know, uh, he was having fun with it, which is what's more important about it. Uh, So I guess when we start this off, I guess maybe one of the best things we do now, um, because we're going to be rolling into San Diego Comic-Con stuff. uh, Why don't we go from Titans to Titans? Okay. Uh, That is a TV show. Uh, We were talking about doing TV first. So let's maybe knock Titans out of the way because we have our very first trailer. For uh, Titans on the DC streaming app um, and a little bit of news that also did come out about it. And we're going to be incorporating the news stories with the discussions of a lot of the videos for the TV shows, the movies, so on and so forth. Yeah, we're going to try and group Um, everything together as much as we possibly can. Right. Versus doing a news segment at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically Um, from here on out. It's just going to be a bunch of. There's not going to be a news segment at the end of this like we usually do with podcasts because this is all going to be news. all news yeah <laughs> yeah um so why don't we get the news story of titans out of the way first before we talk about the trailer so okay. there's only one news story from san diego comic-con coming out about titans and that is in the finale episode it sounds like we are going to be definitely seeing um according to at least jeff johns he does tease both of these characters will be joining the series um with a chance to become uh, series regulars if this does return for a season two uh but that's lex luther and superboy aka connell aka connor kent uh which is really damn exciting because by the end of this we're getting our our pretty much original young justice and titans uh, slash teen titans a uh, group of characters added yeah. to it in because they did confirm yes jason todd yes donna troy uh, but nobody knew about Lex and told us the other day and the definitive one Superboy joining into the ranks. So um, they did say this is the traditional Connor Kent character that we will be seeing. Um, obviously being a clone of both Superman and Lex Luthor. So so uh, really looking forward to seeing that. So I, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. So, and, and, yeah. And casting wise, I mean, it's going to be pretty simple. You just have to have somebody who kind of sort of looks like a, a younger ish henry cavill for the sake of saying such um and who looks good in a pair of blue jeans and a black t-shirt yeah with a red s on it yeah exactly (laughs) so costuming's um, done yeah just go they can go to their average neighborhood comic book shop and buy that t-shirt there or (laughs) just go on amazon and done and done costume done exactly Uh, but the trailer did drop and that dropped earlier in the week. It was like Thursday, I believe, correct? And, yes. And here's where the internet went crazy. <laughs> yes. And I will say this right now. Uh, I think very unnecessarily went crazy. So it, it's, uh, it's, you and I have not really spoken. About no. This and, too much. And, pur- and purposely. Um, yeah. I, we want to we like to try and keep our initial reactions uh, first revealed for when we talk about them on the podcast. Um 
And it, it's the internet is very polarizing on this. And there's really one thing that's drawing the line, and it's apologies for language. Fuck Batman. It that's really where I'm seeing the line drawn in a lot of this. And you know what? Look, here's where I kind of liked what I saw. I, I, I'll say that now. I, I'm in, I'm really intrigued by what with the the path that they're going to take with this and uh, you know how they're going to start everything off all they're going to they're going to kick all the everything off and my biggest complaint about all the people complaining online is you have a problem with fuck batman but you didn't have a problem with all the people dying in man of steel like you have a problem with titans going dark what the hell have the rest of the movies been that you've apparently loved that's my big complaint with it so DC has grasped the darkness at this point, so bring it into the television show. There's not a problem with it. These are characters who, at times, have had dark storylines. Very. So, and, I mean, honestly, one of the big things that drove me nuts is everybody, like, losing their minds about this. Is like, oh, look, it's them being edgy. Did anybody read George Perez's run on the new Teen Titans when this team was made? That was an incredibly controversial book when that first came out because these were meant to be teenage characters and they were going through very, very intense things. You have to remember, too, in the weather. I can't remember what year Titans came out from George Perez, but one of the big, huge key parts of that was back then the comic book code existed like there and every comic book company had to follow a strict guideline. They pushed the envelope as much as humanly possible. And you now have to update this for a modern audience. If you've read Jeff Johns' run on t- uh, Titans or read any stories about Raven, Raven is the daughter of a of basically their version of like the devil. Yeah. And not a very nice devil. And even in the Teen Titans show that we, we were talking about, not t- Go, but the original, that show got insanely dark, especially any stories with Trigun. If you've watched... The Teen Titans animated movie, Teen Titans versus Justice League, that came out last year that we reviewed. Also a very dark story. Incredibly so, dealing with the exact same stuff with Trigon. That is not a light story. And this is very much introducing us to all these characters. And they're using Rachel Rachel's story as the catalyst to bring these characters together. Of course it's going to be dark. Um, so, yeah. And honestly, for one, for people saying, hey... You know, Dick Grayson dropping an F-bomb and saying F-Batman. Have you also read that character at all? I mean, yes, he (laughs) does get incredibly violent in this trailer. But um, this is a good culmination of what this character is going to be introduced to us as. Uh, And I think a lot of the stuff that was shot may have been out of context. Uh, And I agree with that completely. I think this is a I think the scenes that we're seeing in this trailer are a Robin pre-Titans ensemble. Like yeah, it's, this, it's going to be the Titans who kind of reel him back in from this darkness that he has. I, and I, it's very clear, I yeah. think. I thought that was incredibly clear. And I think this is I think we're going to be introduced to Robin in this show. That is the Robin that has just walked away from being Robin, a.k.a. You know, Dick Grayson's storyline when he actually does basically say F Batman. But it's in the 1980s when it happened when he says, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and I don't agree with any of the things that you're doing in the way that you're handling this, Bruce. 
then walks off. I mean, they even did that in Batman and Robin, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, that is a quintessential storyline for this character. And congratulations, guys. We're in 2018. Um, they're not going to do four episodes about that happening. They're starting us at that point. We're, we're getting introduced to a disillusioned hero that has lost his place. And the characters of the Titans that all qu- come together are going to be what transitions him into Nightwing by the end of the season. That is clear as day from watching this trailer. If you did not pick up on that, there's no reason to complain at this point. And you have to remember, there's reasons characters like Jason Todd are being brought into this. He is the poster boy of what happens when a Robin goes too far. He is going to be the mirror for Dick Grayson to look at in this season. I guarantee it. Yeah, I absolutely guarantee that is his sole purpose in this season. Um, and who's to say, too, that the sequences that we saw were not dream sequences. They were not other sequences of combat that were happening elsewhere with other characters. One of the things that has blown up, too, is the visual look of Anna Diop's version of Coriander, a.k.a. Starfire. A lot of people haven't read or noticed this because people have chose not to look at all the details. Her character is coming from a 1980s costume party when we see her in this trailer. Nobody has been talking about this at all. It has been brought up numerous times by the executive producers, the writers, Anna Diop herself, Jeff Johns, so on and so forth. And everybody's like, she looks like a prostitute. She is coming from a 1980s party, guys. Let it go. She yeah. even disabled her comments on yeah, Instagram I, today I, because you, of this. I was going to say the same thing that she. It's a shame that she had to do that. Um, I mean, and unfortunately, we've we've been seeing a lot of that in the world now too. We we've seen cast members of like Star Wars, you know, disabling their Instagrams and their Twitters and leaving social media because of the backlash that over enthusiastic fans are leaving, and they're doing it because yes, it's social media. It's 2018. You have a voice. You don't always have to use it. Sometimes you need to take a step back and you need to think about like, okay, am I seeing things in context? As you said, she is not, this is not going to be what she's going to look like as Starfire. This is right. Like you said, you're going to see, you're going to see a take on this. You're definitely going to see this is what her character looks like, but this may not be her final costume. And even if it is cares guys, just let it go. Um, and I enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't like it, don't watch it. Exactly. I think it's um, this this past year, uh, my patience for for fandoms is getting thinner and thinner and thinner oh, because it's becoming a more and more toxic environment. And uh, in, in all honesty, guys, if you did not enjoy what you saw about Titans, don't watch it. Wait for word of mouth to come out. And if people say, hey, this is a great show, give it a shot. Or you know what? Maybe just give it a shot on your own and make your own opinion on it. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's um, what we that's what we say all the time when it comes to like movies and things like that. Form your own opinion, and when we say form your own opinion, don't form your own opinion from the trailer. Watch the actual product. Yeah, and it now, is a I'm lot starting, harder to make a. Tra- it's it's you know what it's a lot harder to make a trailer for a TV show versus a movie because a yeah. movie is a two hour or a two and a half hour long film that you can say here are highlights that explain everything. This is going to be a 13 hour show, <laughs> uh, 13 hours of content that make up the story. Yeah, it, it, it's called take a deep breath and to settle yourself. And if you're uncomfortable with it, go to Comixology, go to your comic book shop and read the version of the characters you like, because you have to remember every one of these people, whether it's Marvel, DC, Image Comics, where, wherever you uh, your company of choice for comic books, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have written these characters. Uh, there is never going to be an interpretation that's exactly like somebody else's. Um, everybody has a different take. 
And if it's not a take you like, you don't have to like it. You can just move on to something else. And it's quite okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, because it's one of those instances where it this crazy fandom um, it's wow! It got really dark outside of my <laughs> my place right now too. So I'm feeling that storm's headed my way. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's one of those instances that it's that crazy fandom is one of the reasons why Rob, you and I kind of we're very careful about what we post on the page now. We we look into things that sometimes are just rumor. Um, and even if we do post them when they are just rumor, we make sure to put in the comment section or in the post itself, this is just a rumor. Or, or, take, even, this or take this with a grain of salt. Which is what you posted. Yeah, which is what you posted earlier this week. Uh, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Um, or like, this would be interesting if this were true. Like, we're very careful with our words because we don't want people taking things seriously without knowing for sure. We try our best not to spread this information that could cause an uproar. Um, we love these characters, want to see them treated with the most utmost respect as much as all of you do. Um, and you know what? We can we can not like a product, and that's okay. Take Batman and Ninja. I know people that did. I know people that loved that movie. It just wasn't for me. And for me. we even said it was it was not our thing, and we re- reviewed it based on our opinion, but purely our opinion, and not saying you shouldn't check this out. Yeah, no, I think that's how we end all of our reviews is go and see it yourself and form your own opinion. Yeah, but I I think in all honesty, getting back to Titans, I will say from what they showed, I'm excited about the storyline. I think, you know, the the casting of the characters looks great. Uh, The concept of a Titan show in in general is going to be fun. Uh, It's it may not be the Titans that I like, but it could be an interpretation that I could grow to love. So uh, it's a wait and see to see these characters on screen for the very first time. And I will always give something like this a shot. So No, I, and I agree with you completely. As somebody who's been saying for the past couple of weeks, I want to see a trailer every time we reported on a Titan story uh, and finally got to see it. I- I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm still really intrigued. I was not turned away by the trailer at all. Yeah. So. so it's just a wait and see. Um, but let's jump into some of the other stuff that did indeed come out about DC Universe, because there was a couple other pieces that kind of can interconnect a little bit uh, before we get into the CW uh, Arrowverse stuff. So uh, we did find out Jeff Johns also stated we have a fourth live action show joining DC Universe. That is going to be uh, the Stargirl TV show. Um we don't know much about it yet. We don't know any casting information at this time. We do know, though, uh, from according to Jeff Johns, the series is going to kind of feel very similar to something like Spider-Man Homecoming or Buffy the Vampire Slayer is what he said specifically as far as, far as inspiration for what that's going to be. Um, but it's going to be very positive. We do know right off the bat this is not the same actress that is playing Stargirl that we did see in season two of Legends of Tomorrow. I'm kind of so, happy about that. Uh, and, you know, I know some people that really enjoyed her in that. And I think she did quite fine. It was in, our, in the Once in Future King episode that we really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be looking at this as a brand new version. Uh, and it's going to be touching upon JSA stuff, So, which is really cool. So I'm very we- happy to know. And I'm I'm really excited about that too, especially the fact that it's JSA stuff, because that means potential for other cameos of other JSA. Exactly. And I think that's that's the most exciting takeaway that we're, we're going to start off here. Uh, and that does kind of open the door to maybe a JSA show spinning out of Stargirl, maybe a following season. So that's a that's a big thing to keep your fingers crossed about. So which means uh, more Jay was, Garrick. Yeah, very, <laughs> very possible. 
Um, but also in addition to that, though, too, we did drop a little bit of information that they stated Swamp Thing, the TV series that they're doing also in DC Universe, uh, will be a separate universe from both Titans and Doom Patrol. Um, what was very interesting, too, is that was mentioned. Uh, we've talked about the DC, DC Extended Universe for so long. Uh, Warner Brothers actually finally came out and said, hey, guys, just so everybody knows, we don't even call it the DCEU. We never have called it the DCEU. <laughs> this was a fan-made thing, but they did say, hey unofficially officially it is now actually they're they're using internally and it hasn't been announced until they said they're going to be making some big announcements coming up soon uh but they said officially now it is everything under the dc universe banner the film banner tv tv shows whatever they're doing it is now we're going to be referred to as the world of dc uh because they said they want to make everything feel like this is part of a multiverse that movies do not have to be interconnected they can be their own things like the upcoming joker film Things like the Arrowverse on TV, where some of those characters are going to be referenced and maybe appear in things like, uh, you know, the DC Universe world uh, on some of the, these shows. So they did want to make sure everybody is aware. Yes, this there is a overall brand, but what that brand is, is a multiverse. And that's the world of DC. So uh, so I kind of am happy to see them finally say, no, there's a name for it now. Sorry, guys. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I figure one of the things we should probably do, too, since we are indeed talking about uh, the DC Universe, let's talk a little bit about pricing. Uh, we did find out if I have the right article up, which I do not because I have <laughs> 4,000 pages up. But uh, if memory serves correctly and if you can pull this up while we're at it. Um, actually, you know what? I found it. Never mind. Okay. Um, so we did find out annually the, the price for the, this will be $74.99 per year for a monthly monthly subscription, $7.99 uh, for a monthly fee. You can pre-order now over at the website at DCUniverse.com. And a special incentive for Comic-Con weekend. So that wraps up uh, pretty much uh, super soon. They think they said by the end of tonight, July 22nd, uh, if you do put in for this, uh, it does get you into a sweepstakes to attend a U.S. premiere of Aquaman in December. Uh, but any pre-order will give you a uh, bonus of three free extra months. Which is, so, is, is uh, actually, if you think about it, is actually a really good deal because for... Um, yeah, I'm sorry. This is for annual subscriptions. Yes. Uh, are what's available for pre-order. And you get basically 15 months versus a standard 12 months still for $74.99. So. Yeah, well, yeah, but, well... Actually, you're for what you're paying. If you're paying seven ninety nine a month, as compared to the annual cost, the annual cost is the price of nine months, not the full twelve. So you're you're already saving um, three months. Uh, you you've already have three months savings by buying the annual subscription, but then you get an additional three months on top of that. So you're actually getting like six months for free. Yeah, it's a it's a damn good deal. Um... And they did say officially you're getting 15 uh, months for the price of nine, which is a better way to put it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they did say officially fall 2018, the launch platforms. And right now we know only us, uh, our good friend, Paul Williams uh, did state that it is not available in Canada yet. Um, so it could be a, a slow release or a soft launch us first, and then they'll probably extend out to other countries, but it's a question of when and how. Um, 
Right now, we know platforms will be iOS and Android devices, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, Apple TV, and Android TV. Uh, nothing about any consoles yet at this point in time. That is a very high chance that we'll see this make an appearance on PlayStation and uh, also the Xbox stores, I would assume, uh, will probably be shortly after. Um, we do know officially now, too, all the comic books that they're doing. They said each comic book, every panel is a 4K scan. Um, they did say, too, that there is a movie mode for all comics. So you'll get full 4K images panel by panel that autoplay through the entirety of the books, uh, which is really cool. Um, we did see IGN get a chance to use the service firsthand. And we did post that over at uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. So if you didn't get a chance, feel free to read through that. They explain things a little bit more. Uh, there is no details or no, sorry, no limitations on the amount of screens that can, this can be used on at a time. So pretty cool. Um, they did say again and remind everybody things like uh, Wonder Woman, the TV show, uh, Batman, the animated series. Uh, first time ever in HD there. Uh, we did know that things like uh, Batman Beyond, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, the Justice League animated series, um, you know, the original shows, plus things like Birds of Prey, the Batman, uh, Nolan films, Constantine is a TV show and tons and tons more will already be there at launch. Uh, including the original Richard Donner Superman movie uh, that started an entire series, so one through four. Uh, I think the old Batman movies are already in negotiations to be added into the service pretty soon. I think Smallville was just signed over into there as well. So you're going to see a ton there right off the bat. But they did say the application worked flawlessly. It worked great. There is a fan forum section. There is exclusive merch you can buy through the for- uh, through that app too that you can't get any other way unless you're a member. Uh, and they did state too. There is a great encyclopedia that comes up that gives you full character bios on everyone. So if something pops up in a show, they said there's a way to easily access the end of that that will give you options to check out a comic book or a graphic novel or read wikis about the characters that were actually done by DC versus fan made. So uh, really cool. It sounds like this is going to be kind of an all-in-one encyclopedia of classic DC. They did also remind everybody stuff for the Arrowverse will not be part of the service until post um, contract uh, with Netflix, which I believe has still runs for another three years, if memory yeah. serves correctly. So um, more than likely, you will not see a continuation at Netflix and things will shift to DC Universe. So, Which, I mean, you know what? I, your dislike to Titans aside – there's still a lot of other great content that's going to be on this service. So right. this this is a service that I I fully plan on subscribing to. Yeah, uh, again, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing. You have the Harley Quinn animated series still to come. Uh, now the newly like mentioned Stargirl series in addition to Titans. Plus, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more. And we haven't even talked about any of the animated films that are going to be on this as well. Not just the, the classic... Uh, um, TV shows. So they did say it's getting a huge, huge assortment of the classic DC animated films as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they did say I think they're talking roughly 10,000 comics at the launch of the service and they will be rotating new things in and out or adding to the service all the time. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be very exciting and I'm very curious to see what they do with that. So Uh, but I think really, really great deal. Even uh, IGN said uh, this is a big thumbs up and really gives subscription services like uh amazon you know not amazon, well amazon prime video and you know hulu and netflix have run for their money on not limiting things and keeping and creating some new and unique ideas so look when it comes to when it comes to a subscription base uh 7.99 is a great price point 
for a mm-hmm. monthly thing, even if you don't, even if you don't buy the annual, seven ninety nine a month is a great price point. Because yeah, you figure it's- Netflix itself is up to like fourteen ninety nine, Hulu is like eleven ninety nine. Uh, I think the only other service out there that's similar to the price point is CBS, and I, I think this is going to have more content than CBS by by far um and this is basically going to give you a home for all your dc stuff and probably will be the future home for all dc stuff going forward in the future as deals are dropped through certain providers like amazon and hulu and netflix and so on and so forth uh you're going to see them start populating here so i think they're they're more than likely going to work out any deals that they can so yeah um, absolutely all right so that wraps up that stuff shall we dive into the world of television um well, it, it, yeah, there, I'm trying or to do, think of where do we want to get some well, of the other small well, the only stories other, out. There of was the only thing. one other story that came out, I think, before Comic Con, and uh, I, I basically just throw that out there. It, it, this because we would have mentioned it in the news anyway. Um, I, I I don't think it came out of Comic Con. Maybe it did. I could be wrong. It could have broke Thursday, but I think it would have been during the Warner Brothers segment if it did, because it does pertain to future movies of Warner Brothers. Uh, and that's basically, there. there's a release date now for the Joaquin Phoenix version of The Joker. Right. Uh, which is October 4th, 2019, which is not far off. I mean, it's a little no. over a year. Uh, but it sounds like they were very, they're very much ready. Uh, we did get, again, this is a news story that we posted, take this with a grain of salt, guys, uh, and gals. So uh, <laughs> I know we have plenty of female listeners out yes, there. Yes, we too, do. But... Um, one of the key things here to to state is it sounds like you know Joaquin Phoenix's version of the character's name in the movie is going to be Arthur Fleck, um, and again could be an alias. It, this again could be purely speculative at this point in time. Um, so it sounds like according to the story that we were that was posted up on Comic Book Movie was apparently it's thought that Fleck returns home to live with his aging mother Penny before meeting Sophie Domond. Uh, the single mother and love interest who will be played by who was it? Uh, Zaze Bates. Uh, and here's where things get kind of interesting. It says uh, the site reveals that Flex mother is very attractive in her youth and is obsessed with her former employee. The site speculates that this could be Thomas Wayne. Someone described as being in his 60s and seen as cheesy, tanned and rich looking by the Joker. Uh, then is then theorized that Fleck could be Wayne's bastards. Uh, it's also theorized that Fleck could actually potentially be Wayne's bastard son, making the villain Bruce Wayne uh, slash Batman's half-brother a unique twist on the bizarre relationship the two have. So uh, it sounds like they're, again, this sounds very much like an Elseworlds-style story. Again, the idea, as we even mentioned before, uh, it kind of the multiverse. There's tons and tons and tons of different versions of these characters and stories that completely have different beats. Uh, you know, the Batman White Knight story that exists currently, which has very much Joker as the hero and Batman as the villain, uh, completely different take on things. Expect this movie to be like that. It's going to be something very different, but still probably nodding to a lot of old things. So, and and the fact that there's such a a closer release date than I would have expected for something like this that was literally just announced maybe two weeks ago. Um, you know, and we're looking at a little over a year and a couple months before there's a release date on this. One, it kind of confirms that what we something that we already know that this is something that's going to be very much more grounded, lower budget, not anything super big budget like we we're used to with these DC films, but the fact that there's such a, 
a, a close release date on this means that I, I think it, it's, it's a good indication that the studio is really putting a push on this, which yeah, to me yeah. means they're excited about this, which makes they're me excited, excited about this. I, that means that Todd Phillips script that he turned in and that they're doing with this is uh, very interesting if they're fast tracking it like this. Yeah. So very cool to see this. Uh, but another movie, too, we, we can talk about as well. We might as well, as you put it, get all the other side stories out of the way. Um, we did find out a little bit more about Margot Robbie's uh, Birds of Prey film that's coming out. Um, so we do now know apparently what sounds like could be the true uh, roster that we're getting. And there's a big notable exception, but a uh, unexpected addition or two. So uh, it sounds like Barbara Gordon will not be part of this story, which is kind of interesting. Um, and that means both Barbara Gordon as Batgirl or Oracle or just Barbara Gordon herself. Uh, but it sounds like the cast that we're going to be working with is going to be Harley Quinn, with, uh, who is going to be joined by Dinah Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary, Helena Bertinelli, a.k.a. The Huntress, Cassandra Kane, which could mean a.k.a. The Black Bat, could just mean Cassandra Kane, or it could mean Cassandra Kane Batgirl. Uh, and last but not least, my most excited, uh, Renee Montoya, a.k.a. The question. Uh, very excited to see what they're going to do with this. Um, and if this is the cast, man, this is a really great idea of bringing in uh, a very fun and diverse cast. Uh, because even just looking at who those characters are, uh, that should be very clear to a lot of people that are familiar with these characters. This is a really wonderfully diverse a uh, group of women that'll be working together on this. Yeah, so. and uh, you know, and on top of the casting of the or the announcement of what the roster is going to be as well. One of the other main reasons why I'm really excited about this is uh, I know I'm I'm I don't know where I stand on this. I might be the majority, I might be the minority. I don't know. But when it comes to Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic portrayal of the character. But one of the things I thought really hurt it well, that was overpronounced. Um, one of the things I felt really hurt it was her incorporation outside of her origin in Suicide Squad of constantly being connected to Jared Leto's version of the Joker. So I'm very interested to see a movie where she has an opportunity to shine as Harley Quinn without the Joker. Yeah, and they said that is the goal here. Yes. Uh, one of the other big things they did say, too, officially last week is to expect new costumes for uh, Quinn. Uh, they said they're going to be getting away from the look that was in Suicide Squad. They said their goal is to not uh, they probably just don't, her. Yeah, they don't they want to over-sexualize her. her as, 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 yeah. as much and over-sexualize the character. They want the characters to be able to stand on their own, which is the right move. Uh, I'm really happy to see that they're taking a lot of that stuff very seriously. And I, I do know uh, that might bother some fans, but you know what? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, look, <laughs> just just deep breath and relax. Look, I'm a guy. She was hot. In that movie, it was a very sexy portrayal of the character. But outside of that, I still enjoyed the portrayal of the character. So if they don't over-sexualize her and, and stuff like that in the movie, I'm fine with that. Because I'm already a fan of the character. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm perfectly fine with the fact that there's going to be new costumes and they're not going to over-objectify her. Which is great. I'm very, yeah. It's a very big positive thing we know we have a female director a female script writer uh yeah this is great it, it, this makes this movie sound even better we know this is going to be a hard r uh for violence in this which is awesome and i'm really looking forward to seeing what they can uh they can pull together so uh it, it sounds like yeah we have a rumbling to that uh cassandra kane's father david kane uh may actually be also playing our villain which is kind of interesting so i'm curious to see what this is going to be and break down to. We did hear officially that that rumor of Penguin is the big bad. 
not true. Uh, so no definitives yet on both the cast that we just brought up or the villain, but uh, most signs are stating that this is indeed the roster. Um, everything else is waiting to be stated. So, Yeah, and as, as far as how good or bad the movie is, it can't be as bad as the TV show. <laughs> I was waiting to see if uh, I'd get a bigger very, reaction out of you, but that's that's very true, though. That's <laughs> I, it, it's it's a guilty pleasure. It doesn't mean it's good. Uh, all right, so there are three other small announcements from Comic Con. Let's get out of the way now, uh, and they are all incorporated together. So we know of three brand new animated movies joining the DC animated universes. Uh, one of them uh, that is kind of a fourth we're going to kind of we'll just remind you of, but obviously part two of, of the uh, Death of Superman, a.k.a. the Reign of Superman, will be one of the next ones out. But following that, we had no our next three, which is going to be uh, the uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. If you don't remember who the Fatal Five are, they're villains tied to the Legion of Superheroes. So we are going to get a Legion of Superheroes story. Uh, they're, they were originally created by Jim Shooter in 1967 back in Adventure Comics, number 352. Um, so it's a big question of what versions of these characters we're going to see. Um, so um, that's kind of exciting to find out. We're going to get a, a Legion of Superheroes story in this new continuity. Uh, in addition to that, though, we also know of a couple other ones. Uh, we have Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Is go- it was just announced. Uh, we don't know too, too much on it quite yet. So uh, it's a bit of a wait and see. Uh, but we do know the original Wonder Woman uh, film starred Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. So it's the question of uh, which which group is going to be joining in this. So um, but more than likely, uh, we'll be finding out about that quite, quite soon. So, yeah. All right. Um, uh, time so, to jump in the television, I think. Well, we got one last animated one, which is the big one, I think, personally, is a fan favorite Batman story. And one of my favorites oh, that's yeah. very, very near and dear to me is the final animated movie joining the roster is the adaptation of the classic story by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee, AKA, which is Batman hush, uh, which brings in the villain hush from that AKA Tommy Elliott, which is, there are some beautiful moments in the games like Arkham, Arkham Asylum, Arkham city, and, um, you know, Arkham Knight, that nod on his character in fun ways, um, if you're not as familiar with that character. But a great, great newer villain that was added into the DC universe back when this originally came out. And it also includes just a gauntlet of classic Batman villains like Poison Ivy, Rachel Ghoul, the Joker, uh, and obviously Hush, in addition to people like Riddler, Two-Face, uh, or not Two-Face, uh, Riddler and Clayface. And then having a great roster of other characters such as Catwoman and Huntress. So uh, a really, really wonderful story that initially started the whole idea of is Jason Todd still alive? So uh, a wonderful and excellent uh, story that I can't wait to see finally adapted into this world. So, um, all right. So, yeah, I was going to say, too, I know a lot of people like that we're friends with were even extremely excited when we posted the story about Hush. So it's. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so two side stories before the uh, that also dealing with some TV shows here. Uh, two small stories about Krypton have been announced. I know we don't normally do too, too much about that show, but uh, officially Lobo is coming to season two of Krypton, as is classic Kryptonian characters Flame Bird and Nightwing. Not the Dick Grayson Nightwing, but Nightwing, a.k.a. Uh, the Kryptonian. And we've actually seen people like Power Girl 
and Supergirl take on these personas in the past as well. So um, it's curious to see which versions of these characters will do, but it sounds like it's going to be the classic legacy characters um, from Kryptonian lore for these two. So, uh, but they are officially in the mix. So, um, all right, let's start with Black Lightning because that's the easiest one to do. <laughs> and we're done with Black Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Basically. big news story out of this is uh, Jordan Calloway, a.k.a. Khalil, uh, a.k.a. Painkiller, is now officially a season and series regular, uh, no longer just a couple of small appearances. Uh, as far as the season two trailer, I'll let you take that. Um, th- there's really not a lot to address um, in the season two trailer. It's it. It surprisingly is the longest of all the trailers that we got. I mean, most of the other trailers clocked in around two to two and a half minutes. The the season two trailer for Black Lightning clocked in, I think, like around five. And it was basically just a highlight reel of season one. Yeah, um, it was a it was a primer recap with zero new footage. Yeah. I mean, we got we again, we got from the other four shows, we we got trailers of like two, two and a half minutes with at least I mean, and look, we completely understand they're just now back to shooting. They're only maybe one, two episodes in, but at least all these other shows still gave us something of, you know, the new footage. And I think one of the big things about this is this is a show that is going to be returning I think at the same time as everything else, season one, it, it debuted a little late, debuted in the second half of all this of all the shows. But I think it, it's starting right off with everything this time around. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you would think there would be some kind of new footage uh, coming out of this. But I mean, I've watched the trailer twice and I don't think I picked up on anything new. Yeah, there wasn't. I watched it twice, and there was a zero new in, in this mix. So um, it's could it could be possible that they got back to filming last out of all the groups and are still in the midst of uh, just uh, episode one. So it's very very possible because again, it's a shorter season, so they they probably ha- don't have as much they that's necessary to do or as as an intensive schedule. So yeah, I mean, um, I, I, don't get me wrong; it's not a turn off of the show. I'm still going to watch the show in a season two, one because I enjoy it, and two because we have to for the podcast. But I, I'm just surprised that we didn't see at least a little tease of something. Yeah, no, definitely. I was it was kind of a surprise, but hey, quite okay. Uh, but well, that means we're just going to jump into Supergirl because we still have a ton of news stories to talk about. Um, so we're going to go through the news stories, then we'll talk about the season two trailer. Uh, so, uh, starting things off, uh, we found out earlier in the week, right before San Diego Comic-Con that, uh, Sam Whitmer, uh, from, uh, from, uh, the wonderful show being human, uh, also uh, played doomsday in Smallville. In addition to voicing a ton and ton of animated characters in most notably, uh, recently making an appearance in solo as a surprise character that he used to play on a little show called clone wars and rebels. So, uh, very surprising to see him added into the mix and he will be playing agent Liberty. It sounds like he is going to be one of our main big bads this season. So well, very excited about that. Considering what we see come out of the trailer for Supergirl see for the next season of Supergirl. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say he's going to be a key character in this season. Right. But before we dive into that trailer, yeah. let's talk about a couple other small things oh, we yeah, found yeah. out. Also, Manchester Black, classic villain uh, in Supergirl and Superman mythology, 
also has just been cast in the form of actor David Ajala. Uh, we'll be finding out a lot more about him super soon. I think the last time I've seen anything with his character, I know obviously stole in the comics, but uh, there is also a little bit of a version of his character in Superman versus the Elite, uh, which was an animated film from several years back. So uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Manchester Black added into the mix uh, but we did find out about that at San Diego Comic-Con and as well as a few other things here. Uh, a new series regular in the, uh, by uh, uh, the name of uh, – what's her name here? Um, <laughs> sorry. There's so much in these new stories. April Parker Jones is the actress joining into the fray as a normal character in this season. And she will be playing a character by the name of Colonel Haley. She's described as a hard, uh, hardline career military woman who lives and dies by orders of her commanding officers. Haley's dedication of her country leads her uh, to always act in its best interests, even if it uh, means acting against her own. So we don't know too, too much about this character yet. Uh, So it's a big wait and see. Um, You know, from what we understand, uh, this could be the character uh, Lauren Haley uh, first appeared back in Wonder Woman number 325 in 1985. uh, And uh, we'll find out a little bit more about this sometime soon. So big wait and see. Uh, we also know um, one of the other things here that is uh, uh, Nura Nall, which somebody we've talked about previously, uh, that is going to be a new character from the classic Legion of Superheroes joining into the mix. Uh, this is going to be the very first transgen- transgendered hero uh, joining into Supergirl. So they're what adding you, a nice What did you say life. the character's name was? Because I see it as Nia Nall. Uh, Neuronal is uh, how I have it listed here. Okay, uh, then so we'll have to. I'm going to check to see which one of those is correct while you're talking about that because sure. we have two different sources that yours is saying Naira and mine saying Nia. Um, go ahead. Okay, uh, so we do know uh, that this is uh, this is a character. Also, uh, sorry, I'm seeing multiple here: Neonal and then Neuronal in another point. So I think there are two characters in this mix if memory, memory serves correctly. Uh, I think there there is their siblings at some point in this. Okay. So um, so the character also known as the Dreamer is going to be played by Nicole Maines. I think Nicole Maines is uh, actually from uh, Royal Pains. So, which was a good so, show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and by that, so yeah, you a, never saw it. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Way to call me out like a jerk. That's yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, according to. Uh, DC Wicca, it's Nora. Nora okay, so so Nora Null. Yeah. Um, so also what we did find out at San Diego Comic-Con is Linda Carter's returning as President Marston is well in season four. Uh, aside from all that stuff that we just talked about, I guess we just need to talk about a specific little trailer that we got to see. Yeah, I mean, another trailer that, I, as I mentioned, a runtime of about like two minutes and 20 seconds, I believe what it was. And where I usually see the runtimes, there's that last like five, 10 seconds is just a tease for other trailers. So usually around a two minute runtime is what all these trailers ran. Uh, not a lot of new footage. There was some footage mixed in throughout. We saw uh, a little bit more with Alex and Brainy being a part of mm-hmm. the, the DEO now. Uh, it looks like a shorter cut on Alex. Not really a hairstylist, but okay, it works. Um, but yeah, it, other than that, it's a lot of reused footage from the past two seasons of Supergirl. Uh, if not, because we're going into season four, correct? Or season three? Season four. It's season four. So I think this is actually a, a nice mix of footage from the past three seasons, not just season 
uh, seasons three and uh, two and three. Uh, but we do get a little bit of a glimpse of an agent of liberty at the end, uh, which ties back into the Sam Witwer story that we're going to be seeing him portraying Agent Liberty, who that could have been him that we saw uh, as Agent Liberty, or this could have just been an agent of Liberty, which is most likely going to be the people that follow him throughout this storyline. And it seems it was, like... Oh, it, it was confirmed that was Sam Witwer. Okay. Um, and it seems like the 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 storyline that's going to be portrayed in this season four is that this is a group of people who uh, are kind of against aliens coming in and, you know, being a part of the world. So, uh, again, a little bit more of a political undertone to what's currently happening in the world today, but uh, with a superhero twist on it and or a comic book twist on it. So I'm okay with it. And it's one of the, the, the political angles that they did uh, just the other year uh, in season two that I, they really succeeded in. So yes. I think this is going to work well again here if that's the focus. Uh, we still also see uh, a couple other things that were that jumped out pretty heavily. Uh, something um, at the very uh, end in particular. Well, something very something very big at the end. But there was a small shot, too, that was new footage that was revealed that that was uh, – um, a post director role for John Jones, uh, that when we see him on the streets with Kara, that was definitely not from previous seasons, according to, uh, according to the folks at CW. So they did okay. say he still has a equally heavy role and we'll see him just as much in the fight. So. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's that, that last little bit of the trailer in which we see <sighs> there's speculation. Uh, this could be Kara in Kara in a new Supergirl costume uh, or something that you brought to light before when we were prepping for this podcast this this could also be the doppelganger of Kara which we do see at the end of the season and we know in some way shape or form is going to play a part of this new season uh, which uh, you know the Red Sun storyline if that's the way they're going to go with it um, my question is why the helmet that's that's where I'm curious uh, that my my guess more than likely is again this is indeed the uh, this is the clone that came off of the uh, the the black kryptonite that was we found in Russia and that reason for the helmet is probably for a very clear reason is to hide her identity uh, that way it could be a nice big shock and wow factor for Kara later on on who is this person wearing this Supergirl or Superman esque suit so uh, kind of looks like almost a classic. Uh, spacesuit we see in Superman the animated series or the uh, Adventures of Superman uh aka also we see later reused in things like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited uh with a little bit of a uh a robotic look to it and a vibe on that so I think they could they could have some fun playing with this if this is indeed for the clone obviously we're going to see Supergirl primarily in her normal costume I guarantee oh yeah yeah um not surprised if they did something kind of to shake up the things every once in a while but I, my guess definitely this is the clone here so and you know what and the more i think about it and especially now thinking about like the whole helmet stuff um you know possibly hiding her identity the more i think that there's a better chance that that's exactly who that is i think i think we're seeing the clone and not kara yeah it, it makes the most sense in the course of what they're showing here because it's meant to throw you off and make you forget about something I'm like huh why is kara wearing this it's her saying this well, she has a clue that's just like her, which means it's played by the same actress. So, of course, it's going to sound like her. So, well, it's similar uh, to when they did Crisis on Earth X, but she had the mask over her face. Yeah, 
uh, exactly. for scenes when it was her versus her so that you could put a double in there and you didn't have to have her fighting empty air and then have to fit it all in. So it, it does make a lot of sense production wise, too, as well, that the clone would wear a mask or a helmet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That way it makes life easier for them to do fight sequences, things like that, and so on and so forth. But uh, not a ton of other new stuff, though. That was those obviously the two huge pieces that that first look at uh, Agent Liberty. And then again, probably this this armored suit for uh, the Red Sun version of Kara. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, I'm I'm looking forward to the season starting because. Supergirl, surprisingly, was one of the uh, was at the top of the f- the five shows this, yeah. this year. So a- absolutely. Uh, let's jump into Legends of Tomorrow next. Uh, right. Okay. Let's get through the because there's a fair amount of news stories here. <laughs> and uh, some good I'm ones, gonna, too. I'm, g- I'm going to save one specifically for for Ben to bring up. Oh, yeah. Uh, he already knows which one it's going to be. <laughs> I do. Um, the uh, executive producer did state officially Firestorm and Citizen Cold. Uh, or Captain Cold, either or, will not appear in season four. So if you have any hopes of that, uh, please, you know, put them in your back pocket for the time being. That we will not be seeing them for at least the foreseeable future. So, um, but again, never say never with the show, and especially when uh, Wentworth Miller is concerned. So he has said he has been done a couple times. <laughs> so, um, but anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about some other folks that are joining the Wave Rider. Um, and that is, we did find out officially, and something we said when the season ended, when we already found out that Macy uh, Richardson Sellers, a.k.a. Amaya, would be back in season four. Well, we have found out officially she is indeed not coming back to play Amaya, uh, which is the interesting part of this. Is she's actually coming back to play a brand new character that plays heavily into the season and storyline. Uh, she's going to be playing a character by the name of Charlie uh, is a new character as well. And uh, she's going to be actually using her na- normal British accent. And she is described as a rebel without a cause. And that has been apparently behind bars for quite some time. Um, so it sounds like she is going to be playing a criminal and the legends are going to have to deal with this kind of anachronism because of what happened with Mollus. Uh, is the reason for her creation and existence and whether they can use her as a somebody on their side or she's going to end up as a villain. But we do know, again, series regular and it's something they're going to be dealing with pretty consistently. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting twist on the story as well, is that this is going to play into the Nate storyline as well, uh, because obviously he this is a character. This is a face that he fell in love with. And this is not the same person. Uh, and it also sounds too from a interview I actually watched today too. Uh, post uh, their their time on uh, the stage, they did say uh, Nate's going to be leaving the team and doing his own thing for uh, randomly throughout the season. And a lot of those times is when we're going to see Constantine, you know, running around the Wave Rider a lot, a little bit more to help kind of handle uh, a balance of those characters in the show. And that, we that do probably know- that probably ties into the story that I'm going to get to shortly. Yes. Uh, we also know another character joining into the mix. Uh, if I can get this to load properly, I have it uh, if you need it. Is is uh, is has cast Ramona Young in the upcoming fourth season. Uh, she will be playing Alaska Yu, a character who does not have a clear DC Comics counterpart yet. So uh, it's the question of uh, what this character is exactly going to be, but we'll probably find out sometime very very soon. Um, so it could just be again another type of anachronism type character that is created from uh, the new angle of this and um, 
we do know, obviously, Keenan Lonsdale is leaving as Wally West very early on in the season here. So Yeah, but there's kind um, of a little tease to that, though, in a future show we're going to discuss. Yeah, yeah, we do do see something something light. Yes. Uh, one other small story before Ben gets to <laughs> enjoy himself here is uh, most importantly, through all of this, showrunner has absolutely 100% confirmed Bebo, our lord and savior, <laughs> will return in season four. Um, and you actually have a fun little anecdote about Bebo as well during San Diego Comic-Con. So. Yes. Um, it, there's been some pictures. There, there's an Instagram account that's out there now that I know you posted about uh, the writers of, of Legends of Tomorrow taking pictures of somebody dressed up in a Bebo costume, uh, you know, visiting certain places around the world and around the country. Well, that particular Bebo, uh, per, that person in the Bebo costume actually made an appearance on stage at San Diego Comic-Con with the cast of Legends of Tomorrow. And when the head came off, when it was revealed who it was, it was none other than Adam Teskman, a.k.a. Gary. From yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So it was great so, seeing Gary, that actor. Gary, yeah. our lord and savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, our lord and savior. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be fun to see Bebo return. I know we had, um, when I posted the story, one of our listeners, I don't, maybe he just has a problem with Bebo. I'm not going to mention any names of who it is or anything, but there was a comment of like, can somebody please tell me what they see in this nonsense? And look, it's just a fun overarching reference that just keeps coming up and it, it's just something that's all in good fun that we enjoy it and it's as simple as that there's no deeper it, meaning to it it's just something fun yeah and it also ties really heavily into the reddit community for these shows yeah uh when they actually took over almost uh, the legends group took over some of the shows that didn't have the best seasons and basically made it an april fool's day thing where bebo took over all of their pages and it was really fun to watch uh, but it's it's again all good, clean fun. And you, we even saw again, as you mentioned, that Instagram account for the legends legends writers that was basically was just meant just for Bebo. So um, it, it's it's just something dumb and silly that we just thoroughly enjoy. Oh yeah, absolutely. So does that lead me to my story? It does. <laughs> <coughs> wow, so excited! I started coughing. Um, you know, throughout the throughout Legends, we've obviously it's it it involves time travel, and we've gotten multiple references to Back to the Future. But I was super excited, especially because this is an actor who I have met, and he is a super nice guy. Uh, Back to the Future star Tom Wilson has been cast on Legends of Tomorrow. If you're not familiar with Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson plays Biff Tannen. Uh, in the Back to the Future movies, uh, the comedian and actor best known for playing Biff Tannen uh, and his ancestors and descendants has been cast as Nate Haywood's father on Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, he's going to reoccur as Nate's father, Hank Haywood. Uh, he's a character with a lifetime in the military and working for the Department of Defense. Uh, and he comes from a long line of Haywoods to serve the country. Charming and charismatic, he's left big shows, big shoes for Nate to fill. And it doesn't help that Nate can't tell him that he's secretly a legend. So this is probably going to be where that, as you mentioned, Nate's character leaving to do things on his own. This is probably where a lot of that's going to play into is working with his father. I would assume. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's great that they're giving some of these characters time away from the team. Um, 
to go through some stuff in their own life. And so they're kind of adjusting and changing some things up. So yeah, but as, as, um, a, as a massive back to the future fan, uh, I'm so excited at this casting. I think it's only appropriate that you have a cast member from back to the future show up on a show that references the movie so much. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really excited about this, especially Tom, because Tom's a super nice guy and he's incredibly funny. He's incredibly talented. And just once, just once, I even posted this on Facebook. Hank has to say butthead. Yes. <laughs> just I, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's going to happen at least once. It has to. Um, it's the Legends writers. It's going to happen. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but why don't we talk about a little trailer for the show real quick before we jump into The Flash? Sure. Uh, you know, again, another trailer that ran about two minutes long uh, and some new footage. We did get a little bit of additional footage. Not a lot. Uh, we see definitely the mythological and mysterious uh, legendary characters are starting to play a little bit of it. We hear mention multiple mentions of dragons. Uh, we do see a replay of the scene with Constantine dropping the head of what looks like a dragon in front of the legends on the beach and we get a unicorn yes uh, in front of them as well so uh definitely some new stuff that's going to be playing into it it looks like there's definitely some footage from most likely is what's the first episode of the season looks like them on a beach uh somewhere which is indeed where they see the unicorn as well so uh yeah i'm excited this was definitely in my opinion and i'm sure yours too the best show of the season last year yeah, and uh, one of the things we also saw is we mentioned there was the photo last week in our news story about what looked like kind of was probably Woodstock. This definitely confirmed that is indeed Woodstock because we see them walk past Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, time. yeah. So we know this is definitely a, a Woodstock episode, and um, there's something great about seeing Mick Rory in kind of a tie-dyed poncho. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was kind of cool. There was a uh, a little – that same video that I was watching about this, they did state um, – that all of these classic kind of monsters and legend things that pop up are not going to play out ever is how you expect them or how they exist in legends. So don't be surprised if this unicorn is not quite a traditional unicorn. Uh, it sounds like that's the idea for all of these types of things. And so. I'm perfectly fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other than that, the trailer was just like all the other ones, a bunch of recycled material that is perfectly fine. It's filler, uh, you know, because we saw the scene with Gorilla Grodd and a young Barack Obama and and some other scenes mixed in. So but at least again, we did get some new footage out of this, which um, always excites me and always makes me happy for the return of the show. Yeah. And uh, a lot of good amusing dialogue between everybody is they're kind of in the map room. It's kind of like, you know, mentioning that is like. Well, we don't have a lot of fans, but we've got like kind of making nods to like, you know, it it was very meta about kind of like, but there's a lot of people that really, really enjoy us. Um, And I I thought that was great because the show was kind of on the bubble from what we understood last year uh, when we found out it was indeed definitely coming back. But um, there was a lot of serious concern if Legends was continuing or not early on, but uh, very happily that it did. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I love the fact they bring that up and then make make the final comment. It's like Gary does not count as a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just love the fact that we got a Gary mention in the yeah. season three trailer. Yeah. So very excited about this season uh, four, season four. Sorry, season four. Yeah. yeah. So I'm uh, really excited to see what they do with this, though. As am I. All uh, right. To Flash or Flash. Arrow. Let's go to the Flash and we'll we'll save Arrow for last. OK. Um. All right. So first things first, uh, you know what? We're going to leave this one story out because it's shown in the trailer and it was probably one of the most exciting parts of the trailer. The ring. 
the ring we we do <laughs> so we'll talk about that in a second but flash finally gets his ring uh the last piece of the puzzle uh but we did find out uh, a couple cool things uh one uh that happened really early on right before san diego comic-con we found out daniel Panabaker is going to be actually uh helming behind the uh the camera this year as a uh director for the first time on the flash so really cool but even more uh exciting as well was uh this year being year five for the Flash means it's about to hit that magical hundredth episode. And that hundredth episode we did find out is the midseason finale, which it's really funny to say that it's the midseason finale at episode number eight. Um, so, well, when you figure the shows are starting in October. Yes. So uh, it's a it, little it kinda, later. It makes start. a little bit more sense. Right. So uh, episode eight is the midseason finale this year. And uh, good old Tom Cavanaugh will be the one that's actually going to be uh, the director for this episode. And you know what? I, I honestly, I can't think of a better person to do it. I mean, the only other person I think that you could have gotten to do it is Kevin Smith. Uh, but if not Kevin, uh, Kavanaugh is definitely deserving of that right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, so he's really been a part of that show since episode one. Uh, who else but somebody who's been a part of the show since the beginning and the last hundred episodes to direct the hundredth episode. Right. And we did find out that apparently Tom Cavanaugh's new version of Harrison Wells this year is going to be a Harrison Wells. We can't quite trust. So kind of interesting. I'm curious to see them expand upon that. Uh, but talking about Kevin Smith, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because the giant silent uh, Bob reboot movie uh, is also going to feature a couple folks from the flash. And those people being speaking of which also Tom Cavanaugh, but also very surprisingly as well, Grant Gustin and Carlos Valdez as well. So uh, nobody really knows what the trio of actors are going to be playing in the film. My kind of hope is there's, we see them filming The Flash. <laughs> so. No, there's speculation as to who they might be. Um, again, take it with a grain of salt. But uh, Jay and Silent Bob re reboot is not what you think it is. It's not a reboot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It is literally, it's the next chapter in Jay and Silent Bob in which, if you remember Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, it was them going to Hollywood to stop the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Um, this is them finding out that Blunt Man and Chronic is about to be rebooted. So they are going to Hollywood to now stop that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that is the premise of the film. And from what I heard rumored at Comic-Con, it, it could have just been a joke or whatever, uh, is that <laughs> the rumor is that two of the three of them are the cast are, have been casted as Blunt Man and Chronic. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> and the other one is and the third one is the director of the uh, film. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Grant and Carlos playing the those and characters <laughs> yes. and then we'll see Tom as the director, probably. Yes. If that is the if that is the case, that is brilliant. Yeah, I would I would adore that. I think that's such a great call, but I think it's, it makes me even more excited because of this idea. So uh, yes. we did also find out the executive producer also teased. We're going to be seeing a younger version of the rogues this year. Uh, that wasn't really expanded on too much, but maybe something to do with uh, a little time travel where we can see some younger versions of the classic rogues all pulled together. So while we're not seeing Wentworth Miller, uh, we might be seeing another actor portray a younger version of that character. So very curious to see that play out. But it sounds like it's a single kind of episode thing, potentially, or maybe a couple episode thing. Uh, we also did find out very interestingly as well, an interesting villain team up this season, which has me incredibly excited. Oh, me too. Probably making the effects team also excited and also very scared, uh, which is Gorilla <laughs> Grodd and King Shark teaming up in season five, uh, which sounds like amazing, an amazing, amazing episode right off the bat. 
Uh, I'm hoping this is going to be my, this will be my probably most wanted episode this season. So, uh, so on to the trailer for this season. Yeah. Uh, again, that, runtime of two minutes or so and some new footage which actually i think out of all the trailers that we've gotten uh probably the most new footage if not almost all new footage uh coming from this trailer we we get to see a lot with uh with nora allen coming to the future and also knowing that there's a little bit more to that and now this is primarily what they're most likely going to have to deal with in these first eight episodes that we find out at the first beginning of the of the before the mid-season. So, um, but again, as you mentioned also in the trailer, we get to see the ring, which is, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool. Uh, cause I know that's something a lot of fans have been clamoring for and we're now getting to see that as well. And even Nora calls it a fan favorite. So, um, I think from what I've seen too online is, is the suit that comes out of it is actually a season one version of the suit hence the fan favorite yeah so uh they're very possible on how that's going to play out so very curious uh one of the other things i thought was really cool too uh you and i both had predictions on who the mystery girl was you said it was uh dawn allen uh being their daughter we weren't entirely right now it's nor allen but is their daughter but i was saying excess we also find out in this episode she goes by the nickname excess so the granddaughter so we you and me both end up being both partially right so i predicted the daughter you predicted excess and we were both kind of right so so kind of cool so you and me both on equal footing and both neither of us correct (laughs) so (laughs) yeah neither of us completely (laughs) correct exactly uh but we also see um, one other person in this trailer. Yeah. And and, and this what? was they, they did confirm this is the footage that was cut from the finale from last year. OK. And but what really well, and it makes a lot of sense, too, because in that final moments of the trailer, you do see on the screen the flash, uh, the moment that he did stop the satellite from coming crashing down. But this is what also leads me to believe that there's going to be again. And I'm and I'm actually perfectly fine, perfectly okay with it because of this big bad. The big bad um, has been revealed, and we do know some casting uh, as to the big bad as well. Uh, is Cicada, which if you're not familiar with Cicada, Cicada is is a brutal character. I mean, he is well known for murdering. murdering people that the flash has saved yeah and also uh they're even saying in this version too there you know uh we did find out as you mentioned in the casting of this uh it's gonna be played by chris klein uh from aka american pie uh Mm -hmm. he was also in oz and the uh and also election so good casting very good casting uh but they did say this version of david hirsch aka cicada um he's you know, described as a grizzled blue collar every man whose family has been torn apart by metahumans. And he now seeks to exterminate that epidemic one metahuman at a time. So um, I think you're going to see maybe a mixture of both of him killing people that Flash has saved and other metas that we have yet to meet. So uh, this could be very, very interesting. And I'm but, liking what they're doing. So, and But I will say, though, the one thing that really excited me the most about that particular part of the trailer is that Cicada is known for murdering people with a dagger in the form of the Flash lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. And you get to see that in the trailer. That is yeah. the dagger that he uses at the end. So I don't remember, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember Cicada really having any abilities. I thought he was a normal person, but it seems like he's going to have some kind of metahuman ability of his own. 
Well, he did have something. So um, what I think what we're seeing in the beginning of this trailer, uh, well, not the beginning, the end of the trailer, when we do see Cicada, we see a, a house that's kind of ramshackled. And in the comics, what happened was uh, his, uh, you know, you know, I think he was he was a Catholic preacher in the comics uh, and was kind of racked by guilt um, after abusing and murdering his wife. Um, my guess is in this Metahumans and meta the things that happened with the metas, probably specifically Flash, uh, resulted in when everything was going crazy with everything was uh, my guess is his daughter and wife were killed instead of him being the murderer. And that's probably what tilts him. But we also see him struck by lightning and that could go back to the end of season three when we have everything going crazy when uh, the Flash has to go into the, uh, you know, the Speed Force. Um, because Hirsch in the comics is struck by lightning is basically given immortality as long as he absorbs life forces of other people. Okay. Uh, so my guess is they're going to kind of fuse these stories together where it works in this world. And he was probably struck during that time, or maybe with something with the, the, uh, the vortex opening when we had the bus with the bus metas, something along those lines. So, uh, but my guess is maybe when some of the, uh, the satellite fell from the course of DeVoe's actions, uh, maybe we see a chunk of that hit his home and kill his family. So. No, I'm, I'm, no, I don't think that's the case. Only because of the fact that the news on the on the television is literally that event just happening. Yeah, and that's that the point where we see him putting the dagger on the table. So I think whatever abilities he has by that point, he's already had them. Yeah, it's very possible. This could go back to all the beginning in Star Labs. It could go back to what we said when pre bus meta stuff as we mentioned when Barry goes into the speed force when things go nuts when he breaks they, they break out uh Jay so it, there's so yeah. much that can happen so uh but there's a lot of cool ideas here I think Cicada's a great great idea and relatively new, newer villain because he didn't come into the flash books until I think it was like 2000 or 2001 so um but yeah excited to see what they do with this I am too uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited all right, uh, last show. Let's get into Arrow uh, before we talk about the two big trailers before we get out of here. Um, so uh, a non-news story, news story where Stephen Amell says, Oliver does something horrible in the season seven premiere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can just move on. So they basically don't say anything about it, but they just basically say he does something bad. No, I mean, look, it, he, we know he's in prison. He does, he comes out and he says he does something deplorable in the season premiere that people, and it's going to polarize the fans you can basically predict what that's going to be. He's probably going to end up killing somebody in self-defense of his own life. Cause what else is there? Yeah. It, 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 he's in jail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a, again, as I put it, a, a non news story, news story, news story. Um, showrunners also be, officially did state that, uh, if any fans are out there hoping for Elicity baby in season seven, they said, uh, no, thank <laughs> so, God. <laughs> I want to I want to say I want to say real quick too before you continue on with the arrow stories and we get to the trailer and everything. We did put down season 6 a lot. Um and rightfully so. However, after watching the trailer, I don't want like our talk about like what else is it he could have done in prison to come across as in like we're already disappointed with this season 7. I will flat out say that after the trailer and the footage that we see in the trailer, which we'll talk about in a minute, I am legitimately excited that this is an upswing for the show. Oh, yeah. Same. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this. So uh, this this was just because we try we're trying to cover every new story that came out. Yes. Yeah. So if 
again, it's a new story that came out that's not a new story. But it's like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> we just at least addressing it out there if somebody's like, hey, you missed this one. Um, so that way we can say, no, I we did didn't. Some, I do something <laughs> horrible in season seven. Oh, what do you do? I pee in the sink. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, come on. We know yeah. what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> all right. So we do know, obviously, we'll talk about this really quickly when we hit the trailer. But we do see Brick and Bronze Tiger. Uh, as well as Derek Sampson, actually Cody Rhodes, yeah, I was good excited. Old Cody Rhodes, uh, all actually in as uh, returning people that'll be in the Supermax prison. So uh, we will see them all as members of Slab Side, making Oliver's life hell. Uh, my guess is we'll probably see a few other returning villains in there as well. So it's just a wait and see of who, when, and what. Um, Beyond that, uh, we only have one final news story for Arrow, and that is we now know a few people that will be joining in the fray as the Longbow Hunters. And I do apologize. I'm having some difficulty with the page. (laughs) So, again, we had about 30 tabs open for news stuff, and my voice is already starting to go. Well, I can can go into it because I actually have it pulled up. Um, Perfect. Yeah, during the panel at San Diego Comic-Con, it was revealed that Red Dart... Kodiak and the Silencer will be joining Diaz uh, as the Longbow Hunters. Um, uh, and- the Silence. Uh, no, you're right. Sorry. The Silencer. The Silencer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, while uh, while each of the announced characters have DC Comics ties, only one of them is commonly associated with the Longbow team. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the twist they're going to be doing on it. But there is some casting, uh, as well as Red Dart, who will be played by Holly Alyssa, uh, first appeared as a member of the team in Green Arrow uh, uh, volume five, number one, back in 2014. Uh, number 31. Sorry. Oh, 30, we're, what did I say? we're looking at the same article. So, okay. yeah. What, what did I say? Uh, number one. Oh, uh, she's known for her use of trick darts and was a part of the longbow hunters in the comics. So she is the one that is commonly known for, uh, being associated with them uh kodiak played by michael johnson who i'm i apologize i don't know who any of these actors are i might know them if i saw them but i haven't looked them up uh was the leader of the shield clan one of the eight clans of the outsiders uh in comics he has something called the shield totem which grants the owner immortality uh and true enlightenment so we have a totem holder which is kind of cool i don't know if they're going to do that in the show though it'll be interesting to see if they're going to go that route yeah uh, but also joining Kodiak and Red Dart, the silence. See, this says silence, and earlier it said it, silencer. It says silencer again in the next sentence. It's okay. You're, okay. You're fine. Uh, will be played by Miranda Edwards in the comics. The silencer, a.k.a. Honor Guest, was Talia Al Ghul's most trusted assassin. The association must be a hint that Diaz could have ties with Talia on Arrow as well, which could provide an opening for the return of Colton Haynes as Roy Harper. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's going to be interesting to see where they're going to go with this, especially considering that we know that Roy is going to be coming back uh, without Thea because Will Holland is, has left the show. Yeah. So very curious on how that whole thing is going to play out. But uh, let's get into the trailer then. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, typical running time as well as the rest of the ones. Uh, some a, a good amount of new footage that coming out of this as well. A lot of it coming from uh, Oliver's time in Iron Heights, as well as some of the team happening outside what's happening to them. We do know from the trailer it's been about five months time has passed. So there's a little bit of a time jump when the show is going to return. And we see what looks like Oliver kind of fighting to stay alive in prison because, as you mentioned, we do see a number of familiar faces locked up in Iron Heights with him. 
And uh, rocking the goatee in full. So. Yes, which we know for a while he's been growing because we we follow him on Instagram and and such. So we know he's been growing that for a little bit of time. What's intriguing me, and I'm wondering if this is something that you picked up on too or not, is I want to. I'm curious to a particular story route that they're going. I don't know if this is anything that's that's happened in the comics before but with Oliver behind um behind bars at Iron Heights and it looks like Laurel Lance might have stepped up to become the new interim mayor uh, very possible so in, in yeah in Quentin's stead since Quentin was killed uh, you know we do see that somebody has taken up the mantle of the green arrow and unlike other times in previous seasons where you can still see Stephen Amell's face, even though everybody else in the scene is particularly not, all the scenes that we see of the Green Arrow in this trailer, his face is darkened. Oh, yeah, so very obscured. It's very obscured. So I'm wondering if they're going one of two routes in that either this is a return of Roy Harper taking up the mantle for Oliver in his stead and the rest of the team does not know this, or maybe one of the other members of the team has taken up the mantle for him and the rest of the team does not know. Yeah, and we do find out. We find out in the trailer. They said, "What? It's 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 been five months. Did they say or three months? Five months. Yeah, five months." And they said there has been zero vigilantes in Star City in that entire time acting. So, so. I'm one. I'm wondering, and I, I would find it very intriguing if they did this. Is if they follow for maybe at least until the mid season or whatever. Uh, we even even us as an audience do not know who the Green Arrow is, and I find that concept intriguing and kind of brilliant yeah and, and i really hope they exciting. go with it yeah that would be cool if we get a couple episodes of that uh and wait for the the reveal i think that would be a really fun t- uh twist yeah. and take on this so more power to him it looked like a great uh great promo um i would say next to the flash easily uh easily up there is either the the best or second best so. yeah Again, uh, an upswing for this show going into season seven, which is something that we hope um, there's potential and, and rooming rumors buzzing that this could potentially be the final season for Steven uh, on the show. Again, take that with a grain of salt. But if it is and this season is as promising as this promo shows, uh, he'll go out with a bang, man, because um, I, I think it- there's. And there's a lot tying right now to the reasons why this could be the final season of Arrow, and that's because of the other surprise announcement that happened this week. Yes. That being a sixth show added to DC <laughs> primetime. Uh, dear God. And this is just a sixth show in the Arrowverse, uh, if we include Black Lightning into that mix. And that is none other than CW is fully in development of a Batwoman TV show. Uh, so... Um, you and me immediately both said this is incredibly exciting and then immediately said oh crap <laughs> <laughs> yes that was her initial reaction was um, oh my god this is oh damn it <laughs> but uh, a lot of people are have questions because they said um, you know a show like Arrow that very much was a vigilante show that took a lot from Batman and a lot of uh, ties to the way that Batman functioned 
is there going to be or need for Arrow and Bla- uh, Batwoman to be airing at the exact same time, uh, especially with those characters are going to be very similar in scope. So it, that adds an interesting question into the mix. Do you need to do both? Uh, and is there a possibility, too, that it might not just if Arrow does continue or even if it doesn't, if Arrow does not continue, does that also mean maybe some of these other shows also may not continue? And uh, maybe that means the creation of yet again another show, maybe another ensemble show. Uh, that could maybe be a, our entry point to a Justice League show, something along those lines. It's a big wait and see. Um, the big thing is, even if Arrow does end, more than likely you'll see those characters pop up across the Arrowverse and other shows, though, too. So yeah. uh, no word on that yet. I don't think we're going to hear anything about that for quite some time. But I think if this was the final season, they would have made an announcement at San Diego Comic-Con. I think we'll, we're safe to say more than likely Arrow will be back Still more than likely. Oh, yeah. yeah, yes. yeah. Another year after this. So, um, But I, I think it's also a very interesting, too, because we do know that Batwoman is going to make her first appearance uh, during the crossover, if not before, because there are some rumblings of that happening as well, that her character um, could be. It has been, a, it has been con- uh, confirmed 100%. Her first appearances are indeed the crossover. Okay. Uh, that was uh, confirmed a day right before San Diego Comic-Con. So they did say it is episode nine of... Very notably in this, because this is the second part of this news story, is she will make her first appearance in episode nine of The Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow. There's a notable exception in there, and it has been 100% confirmed. Legends of Tomorrow will not be involved in any way, shape, or form with the crossover this year. Does that include characters as well? Exactly. Okay. Uh, uh, um, it's, Phil Klemmer came out and said schedules were impossible to make this work. Uh, this year they said last year it was a nightmare to make happen and they said because these characters are so really not as tied to everything else that's been happening versus their existence in the same world uh and their storylines don't really intertwine because of time travel that um it was difficult to find a way to write these characters in so it was one thing to bring them in for the wedding because they're they're invited guests so yeah that was an interesting way to bring them in for crisis on earth x but what's what's really making me curious though is if the crossover is episode nine there was a promo that was run at comic-con uh for the crossover that showed that the crossover is going to happen in december but the mid-season finale is episode eight which the mid-season finale is usually for when they go on break for Christmas. Right. And the holidays. I, everybody's, and everybody's mid-season finales are happening before the crossover. The crossover will be the thing that happens before break. So it sounds like that's the game plan is we'll get a tie-up point for everybody before the big things happen. Or might be we might have a short break probably between Thanksgiving um, and when this airs in December. So. so the mid-season finales, in essence, are going to be the mid-season finales for the story, but not for the show, in essence, that they will still have one more episode before they go on break. It sounds that like being that the might crossover. be the case. So, um, yeah, well, it's a big wait and see. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool, though, because if that's the last thing we get before we it takes a break, um, that'll leave people wanting more for sure. Yeah, um, well, it's time for the last two big parts of this episode. Yes, uh, indeed, in that, and we have two very big trailers that were highly anticipated, one more so than the other, but I was anticipating them both, and mm-hmm. I was not disappointed in either one. Um, before we go into them, though, there was one other news, uh, one other movie that did hit the stage at Comic-Con during Warner Brothers Film Panel, and that was Wonder Woman 1984. Um uh, Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, and Chris Pine all hit the stage uh, to talk a little bit about Wonder Woman 1984, which isn't going to happen until Christmas of next year, 2019. But 
we did well we didn't uh as people who didn't get to attend san diego comic-con but people in all uh, hall h did get to see some exclusive footage that does come out of 1984 um and I, maybe you have a rundown of it i i remember some of it but not all of it uh it sounds more more like specifically it all takes place in an action scene in the mall yeah where wonder woman saves a, a young girl um you know uh kind of doing a full tilt run and lasso to somebody that was trying to hurt her in that sequence. Uh, it's something very light. We didn't get any involvement in Chris Pine. There was nothing about Cheetah. It was just a very small sequence. There are clips already out there all over YouTube. If you want to find it, you can find a couple copies out there, I'm sure. Um, but nothing special. It was just a very small, tiny little action scene. And that was it. So. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then, with that being said, the two movies, obviously, we finally got trailers for both Shazam and for Aquaman. Uh, let's start with Shazam. This is one that I know some people were, again, there's been both sides of the of the spectrum here. Some people were really excited for it, which is where I fell. Other people who saw some, some shots of Zachary Levi, Shazam, and thought he was too you know too cartoony uh you know like it looked like styrofoam muscles in the costume they weren't happy with the costume or like the light up lightning bolt or whatever uh but i have seen many of those skeptical people after watching the trailer turn it around completely and say yes i am on board for this movie and uh i'm one of them i absolutely adored this trailer i there's a lot of levity there's a lot of humor in it and uh i'm enjoying the direction that they're going with it yeah uh i was i, I really thoroughly enjoyed it and i can tell you right off the bat how excited i was in the room of people that also watched that trailer with me again last night um when near and dear to our hearts is that that trailer opens up on a city shot of Philadelphia. So uh, very cool to know that that is indeed true, that this does take place in, in a, the D.C. world and uh, the D.C. world specifically in Philly. So uh, it's kind of cool to know our hometown hero is going to be Shazam now. Yeah, but unfortunately, they didn't film it in Philadelphia, which they is kind of but... disappointing. But that exterior shot is probably the only thing that is part of Philadelphia <laughs> that is in the movie. But yeah, seeing yeah. the fact that the movie is going to take place in Philadelphia is actually really cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, this felt like, you know, again, it, you know, Freddie Freeman and Billy Batson both worked great here. Uh, they're definitely going more with the, the new take on these characters from a more recent days, which is great. I love the idea of what they're doing here. We do see, uh, the wizard Shazam, actually, as well, uh, really briefly in the trailer when Billy gets his powers. But then we get to see uh, what I can only state is a mixture of what felt like a little bit of Spider-Man Homecoming and a little bit of the movie Big with Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, yes, that's and, a good analogy. And that's exactly what this felt like and left this wonderful feeling of levity, as you even mentioned, um, and uh, a lot of excitement for the future of the world of DC. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. And then during the Warner Brothers, uh, the panel, uh, the, the cast was basically the director, Zachary Levi, and uh, the young Billy Batson and his friend who uh, is portrayed in the movie as well. Freddie Freeman. So, yeah. Freddie Freeman. Yes, that was it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm highly, highly anticipating this movie. Yeah, it so, and looks we even we, we even get a clip, too, of uh, uh, Mark Strong as um, Dr. Savannah in the, mm -hmm. in the trailer as well. So we do get a glimpse of our big bad in it, and uh, the, just like the the little bit that we get about him training 
and you know learning to fly and stuff we do know it's been confirmed that henry cavill will play a cameo as superman in the film um but yeah just great humor in the trailer and i'm i'm really looking forward to the film yeah absolutely so so which leads us to our other trailer that was revealed and that is the one i think most likely everybody was highly anticipating we knew this was happening um and we even got a little teaser from the man himself, Jason Momoa, like the day before uh, of him, a video of him jumping off a cliff into the ocean and swimming up to the camera and holding up a phone that says, you know, trailer reveal tomorrow, or Aquaman <laughs> trailer tomorrow, which uh, if the girls already weren't ready enough for this trailer, just seeing that, good God. Uh, but yes, we finally got the Aquaman. We got the debut of the Aquaman trailer at San Diego Comic-Con during the Warner Brothers uh, panel. And my God, this movie looks gorgeous. It did not disappoint whatsoever. No, um, not at all. James Wan stating that he wanted a sci-fi fantasy feel to this movie. Man, did he bring it and damn, did he deliver. Um, this looks stunning. And there's something about seeing... Uh, uh, um, you know, Aquaman riding a uh, what is it, a uh, monosaur? Yes, <laughs> and you know, having Atlanteans finally getting to see that sequence of them riding sharks and things like that into war. And man, that looked stunning! Like, looks, we got yeah footage of King Orm, uh, you know, King Orm, uh, aka Ocean Master. We we got to see um, I quick quick shots of Willem Dafoe that were hard to catch, but you definitely could catch him if you looked. Um. Sequences of Mara in action, Nicole Kidman in action. And Black Manta. Black Manta looks absolutely wonderful. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that we didn't get the other trailer that did come out right after this, which there was another version of the trailer that was only for Hall H folks. They did get to see the orange and green suit, the classic suit, and a fight sequence between Aquaman and Black Manta as well. I'm kind of excited that we didn't see that yet because... Uh, I, I want to kind of see if I can wait Me and too. see that in the theater for the first time. So Yeah, but but everything that we did see, I mean, Amber Heard looks fantastic as Mara. Um, yeah, there's just there's so much to this that I, like I was blown away by how beautiful this trailer was. And I mean, who would have thought 10 years ago if you would have told us we were getting an Aquaman movie? Um you know, especially considering how much fun they made of it in, in Entourage, uh, you know, with, with Vinny Chase being the one that was supposed to be playing Aquaman. The reason why they picked that movie for Entourage was because, one, um, Mark um, Mark Wahlberg initially, actually at that time, did pitch to be Aquaman in a, in a DC universe that wasn't yet established. But they also did it because nobody really fully expected there to ever be an Aquaman film. Yeah. And now you're seeing this trailer after seeing him appearing in Justice League and such. And like you you question, like, why did I ever question there? How could there be an Aquaman movie? Because you watch this trailer and you're like, how could there not? Like, this is absolutely stunning. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it worked perfectly. And I, I think anybody out there that was concerned that DC didn't know how to bring something bright and colorful and fun. Uh, we're seriously proven wrong with both Shazam and Aquaman this week. Yes. So, um, you know, as concerned as some folks may be about things like Titans and still having that dark edge, once you see those two trailers, you're like, man, DC's changing and they they're they're getting with the times. And uh, this was proof. This was hardcore proof. You so. know, I think it was ever since they took that. I you know they they kind of took a step back and they were like, you know what, 
we need to concentrate on standalone films rather than building this universe. And, you know, yes, there are a little bit of crossovers. Again, we're seeing Cavill show up in, in, in Shazam. Uh, we've got Margot Robbie portraying her character from Suicide Squad in another film, but doesn't seem to be tied into Suicide Squad in any way. So it's okay that some of these characters are crossing over into the other films. You just concentrate on these standalone films like Aquaman and Shazam. And I think the, the, DC and the DC movie universe is going to be well off for it. It's kind of like you look at Thor Ragnarok and that you have a quick cameo by, you know, Dr. Strange in that. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to start seeing instead of where they're building towards these big events. And they, they may eventually do so. But I think that's we, we've seen the end of that from DC for some time. I don't think we're going to see an Avengers level event for again um, or another Justice League film again for quite some time. And so maybe we see them explore these things a lot more. Um, and the great thing is, too, because they're doing this whole world of DC thing now and they're allowing multiple versions of these characters to exist in this world. They now have created a film multiverse. Yes. So if they want to do a crossover movie, they could have a Jared Leto and a Joaquin Phoenix Joker in one film if they want to. If they ever did a Crisis on Infinite Earths or something like that kind of story, that creates some interesting, exciting possibilities. So, yes. And I'm excited. As yeah. somebody who was not a big fan of the the film universe for DC, I am very much becoming one very quickly. Yeah. So, and that makes things even more exciting for when Matt Reeves' Superman or Batman movie comes uh, comes to fruition. Uh, and if you, they do have this big multiverse thing, you could have two Batman in the same world and two two Jokers, all these things. And it's really fun that they can play with this so much now because they're they're allowing themselves the ability to create something brand new. Yes. So exactly. Um, I think that about wraps it up for the Comic Con discussion. Yeah. Uh, thank God too. I'm uh, my voice is starting to go <laughs> about two hours, so uh, a little yeah. bit longer than our normal episodes here. Uh, so recommendations and let's get out of here. Uh, recommendations are very simple. Just go back and rewatch the trailers for Aquaman, Shazam, and the shows coming out this season. Uh, I've rewatched both trailers uh, probably for. Uh, probably at least five times each. But in addition to that, the other two trailers I highly recommend that did come out of Comic-Con as well. Uh, the trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's Glass looks fantastic, uh, especially if you've seen Unbreakable and Split. This has been the highly anticipated um, third part to that, which also not only takes place in Philly, but was filmed in Philly. <laughs> um, but also uh, the trailer for Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, which came out of the Warner Brothers panel as well. Which my God, uh, we have a, we have a friend, our, our friend Chris Mannix, um, who is a diehard Godzilla fan, has been pretty much all his life. And I remember posting this trailer to his Facebook page, uh, and his fiance uh, messaged me back and said, "By the way, he's crying." Um, and it's basically, and it, it's not meant to in a, to be an embarrassing thing. It's just that seeing him being able to see like characters like Rodan and Mothra finally coming to life in a film like this just got him welled up with emotion, and I fully understand it. And it was a really beautiful trailer too. And it's I very artful. It was very artful, and in addition to that, though, too. They didn't make these kaiju out as the bad guys. I really loved this. It was they're here to save the world. They're essentially the Titans. Uh, and I loved that. I really love that. And obviously there's one of them that is not that way. 
um, that they'll be fighting up against, which is really great. I really loved this idea. This is how they went with this. And they really went back and looked at that old lore and had fun with it. Um, You mentioned uh, these two trailers. There was one other one, too, that I fell in love with as well. Also from Warner Brothers, uh, which was Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, Everybody said Warner Brothers gave one of the absolute best pressers ever. Uh, for a San Diego Comic-Con and everything that they brought to the table was massive and huge. And let's not forget the absolutely crazy, insane surprise announcement that no one saw coming, which is season seven of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Um, I I I was in shock and awe when that was announced, as were many, many of my friends. Um and I know a lot of you guys were, too. So this was a really great and wonderful San Diego Comic-Con and a lot brought here from CW and Warner Brothers uh, just delivering the goods and a couple wonderful surprise announcements out there from a couple other networks. So really exciting, really just fun time. And it's leaving a lot to be excited for. Uh, we totally forgot a trailer. I'm just realizing this now. We in no way, shape, or form discussed Young Justice Season 3. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we completely forgot to bring that up when we were talking Titans. Oh, yeah. There was a lot. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah. Um, I'll let you take this one, man. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. As somebody who just recently got through Seasons 1 and Season 2, I mean, it was an extensive, it was a long trailer. It was about five, five plus minutes. And the first two to three minutes was basically a recap of season two. And then for the last two, it does go into some of the stuff that we can expect to see out of season three. Uh, but man, I, as somebody, I, I'm regretting getting into it as late as I am, but also on the other hand, not because it means that this it's is all fresh. Of, it's yeah. fresh in my head for when season three premieres on DC Universe when DC Universe launches. Yeah, um, really wonderful and amazing and awesome and uh, very excited. Uh, and Dark Side Vandal Savage is our big bads, man. It's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait to see what they do with it. So Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, cheap plugs, and let's get out of here because we've been talking for a while. Um, you can catch me on the Showcast Spotlight, which is one of the other podcasts I do here on the Next Level Podcast Network. As a matter of fact, earlier this week, I just had an opportunity to speak to David Keckner, uh, who, if you are not familiar, played Champ Kind in Anchorman, as well as Todd Packer in The Office, uh, which, let me tell you, I actually went to see his show uh, Friday night. There is nothing greater and you won't get this, Rob, because you you don't like Anchorman. So um, there's a particular scene in Anchorman where the four main characters, Will Ferrell, Paul, uh, Paul Rudd, Steve Carell, and David Koechner, sing Afternoon Delight. And there is nothing cooler than David Koechner leading the entire comedy club in a sing-along to Afternoon Delight. <laughs> uh, to any Anchorman fan, it was surreal it was so much fun uh incredibly nice guy but that interview is up on our website nextlevelradioonline.com as well as our facebook page facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline and the facebook page for this podcast facebook.com slash dc primetime uh as for me you could always find me at nextlevelradioonline.com through the captain crew cast of pods we just posted a brand new episode which was our mythology and legends episode which was easily the hardest episode we've ever had to do um <laughs> i was a part of it you were you were uh but i i think out of all of these single topic ones man this one had, had us scratching our brains at moments and i was like 
I wish I planned this one out a little bit better, <laughs> but it was still, I think, a very fun discussion. It was. Uh, and really thoroughly enjoyable. So definitely check that one out. Uh, it's a lot more Legends than it is Mythology um, because we felt like we needed to open it up because we're like, wow, there's not a really great representation of mythology in pop culture. There's definitely some really good ones, but not the true definition that a lot of people are thinking. So we do get into things like Robin Hood and uh, the Arthurian Arthur. legend and, you know, st- things like this, which were a lot of fun to get into and even bring up things like werewolves and vampires and, you know, the Loch Ness monster and Bigfoot and all these things. So it was really fun to do and get into and get involved in and uh, a ton of fun. So a uh, smaller cast this time. It was uh, myself, my wife, uh, Kat, uh, our good friend, Jess, who has now made her second appearance, Ben and Bill. Uh, so very punny episode because of Bill, obviously. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. So make sure you get a chance to check that out. Also, make sure when you're checking that out, when you're done over at NextLevelRadioOnline.com, head over to GeorgeShawMusic.com and just check out the great stuff that George Shaw puts out uh, consistently between his page there and through his SoundCloud. Please support him for the tunes that you get to hear on the show each and every week. Yes. Uh, that being said, the next four weeks of this podcast, we are going right back into our annuals. We did the Black Lightning annual last week, took a break from the annuals in order to do this San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up. Uh, but next week, we're right back to it. For the next four weeks, we are going to bring you an annual uh, of our shows, which are season recaps for the uh, the four shows of the Arrowverse. And I think we planned it right. We did Black Lightning by itself because it is kind of separate from the Arrowverse. Took the break, did this one, and now next week we launch into the four shows of the Arrowverse, uh, which makes me even realize that, God, next season, next summer, we have more annuals to do, too. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> but, like, hey, you know what? Um, so join us next week for when we tackle a show, actually, that just very recently ended when we give our annual for Supergirl. Yes. So. Uh, I think a good order will probably be uh, Supergirl, Legends, Flash, Arrow. Yep, I'm pretty sure. And I can tell you, you're going to hear a same score across the board for about three of those shows in order. (laughs) Well, no, not three. Actually, we'll break it up a little bit. It'll Uh, be same score as Black Lightning, really high score, same score as Black Lightning and Supergirl, and then lower score than everything else. (laughs) So I do want to I do want to say, though, um, our Black Lightning annual was one of our highest rated podcasts. That we've done in a long time outside of the stuff we did for the 100th. So um, I just want to extend a thank you to the fans and the listeners for that. Um, I don't know what you did. I don't know if you shared it, um, you know, and such. But please continue to do that because that was um, very humbling to us to see those numbers uh, uh, as high as they were. Also, too, a big special thanks to the community as well. It was amazing to see so many of you share like and engage through San Diego Comic-Con. So we wouldn't do this show consistently without you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the community. And uh, turn it back over to Ben and we'll say our goodbyes. Yeah, and and I think because of that, um, Rob and I are going to put our heads together and do something special for you guys by the end of the 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 annuals, whether it be like a prize giveaway or a contest or something like that. We're going to give it back to you one way or another. We'll figure out a way to do it. Yep. So, uh, but with that being said, again, join us next week for a Supergirl annual. But until that time, enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>